The following is a presentation of Muddy River News. Hi, this is Ron Kincherf with Muddy River News, and welcome to the Book Nook. Book Nook is brought to you by the Quincy Public Library. Make sure you check out their website, quincypubliclibrary.org. Something along those lines. Anyway, they have a lot of activities for children, especially with the holidays coming up. So we are joined by Jerry Dufresne, a local author, and welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Are you a Quincy native? I am. I went to St. Francis School in Quincy, Notre Dame, and my first two years of college were at Quincy College mm-hmm. before I transferred. So yeah, and I moved back here to retire, although I didn't retire. Right. And uh, you've been all over the place professionally. Yeah. yeah, I've lived, I've traveled all around the world in my job. I used to work for a crisis prevention institute, which um, had me teaching crisis intervention all around the world. So it was fascinating and fun. And you're a local author. Yep. Are you self-published or do you have a publishing company? I have a publisher called E. Fitzgerald Publishing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's as close to self-publishing as you can get because she's a good friend okay. who only has two or three authors. Okay. Um, and you are best known for the Samantha Darling mystery set, yes. right? Can you yes. tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, Sam Darling is um, a social worker who moves back to Quincy after working in Chicago for many years. And she comes back here and gets hired at a clinic. And the moment she gets hired, her boss is murdered. And well, that happens often. It, I'm sure it does, <laughs> especially in Quincy. Right, right. right. So um, she is called nosy by everybody, including me, but she says she's curious. And so she went to solve the murder so um all the books are set in this area then they're all in quincy yeah a few of them um the protagonist travels out of town Mm -hmm. but all of the books have a picture of a quincy landmark on it okay so are you using actual quincy locations and stuff throughout the book yeah, but I kind of give them different names. Instead okay. of Quincy University, it's St. Francis University. Gotcha. Instead of the Abbey, it's the Rectory. <laughs> <laughs> and how many of these novels do you have there out right now? nine out right now. In the Sam Darling series? Yeah. Wow, okay. And I'm working on number 10 right now. Okay. And um, it'll be the last one in this series. And then I've got an idea for a nun whose dad is in the Mafia. I kind of think that would be a fun book to write. Are these aimed at young adults, adults, everybody? Adults, adults, adults. mostly? Although there's no cursing in it because I tried to have her curse a little bit because I do. Mm. And um, I got complaints from my <laughs> from my readers. So, Did you really? Yeah, so it's, an, it's a cuss word free book so young adults can certainly read it. So are you Sam Darling? Are you, how much is Sam like you? She's like me in in several ways. First of all, the first book you write is usually more autobiographical than than not. Right, what and you know. And so, yeah, she's from a large family, as am I. I'm the oldest of nine. And um, she's nosy, as am I. <laughs> right. So uh, there, there's a few similarities, but I'm not as young as she is. I'm not as thin as she is, right. et cetera. <laughs> uh, is there a romantic aspect to there Sam's sure lives is. in these? Okay. Does she have a different bow in each novel? Not in each one, no. In the beginning, there are two guys she's kind of interested in. One is a guy that she was in love with in grade school and high school. Mm-hmm. And the other one is a private detective that just moved to Quincy. So with each book that you have written as you move through Sam's history of novels, 
does she become more not like you or more like you? More not like me because I've got more experience in writing now. Uh And so I certainly make her, she's definitely her own person. Um, The first one I wrote because I was traveling every week on business and I was in a hotel room and nothing was on TV back in those days. There was no streaming services. Mm -hmm. So I just started writing this book and you know, it was kind of fun, and I ended up years later finding a publisher for it. Right. So when you okay, so let's talk about that aspect. So when, how many books had you completed prior to finding your publisher? Um, one, really. Okay. I, I didn't go into the next one until I would have an outlet for it. Okay. So did you know if it was any good or not? What did you do with that manuscript when you had it completed? Did you? Like at proofreading, did you want to publish it or was it just something you did while you had time? I wanted to publish you it did, okay. because I've been writing my whole life. And one of the things I've done, like as a kid, people doodle. Well, I would write poetry instead of paying attention to Sister Paraclete at St. Francis. Right. So um, I just started writing really young and words have become... Um, a real interest of mine. I'm not going to ask you your age, but let's go I'm back. Seven, no, wait a minute. I'm 76. I'm well, great. Okay. You look great, uh, which is bad for a podcast, but you look great. <laughs> so how many years ago did you write that first Sam Darling novel? The first draft was in the early 90s. So how old were you? That's about 30. So you're mid, mid-life, 35 or early so? Early 90s, I was 50. So what took no, you so long? 45. What took you so long to get that first novel well, going? Well, I sent it out to traditional publishers. And I kept getting rejected. And usually, instead of just a plain rejection, we call them no funds, not for us now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so instead of just those, I got several that said, you know, we really like your writing style. We'd be interested in seeing your second book. Right. Well, I still loved my first book and thought, I'm just going to rewrite it and make it modern. Mm -hmm. So when I was... I think I was six, yeah, so I'm 76. I was 65 when it first got published. Wow. And um, it shows that, you know, it's never too late. <laughs> well, I think that's one thing authors or people don't realize about authors is that they just don't write a book and all of a sudden, bang, it's on the shelves, that there's an acceptance period where you may think your work is good, other people may think it's good, but you have to find that right person. Absolutely right. And you can't trust your relatives. Because they're going to say how wonderful you are. Right. Or if they're your brothers, they're going to say how awful you are and tease you about it. On that note, what was it like the first time you got a review that was positive from someone that didn't know you? Oh, it's just like I felt when I found out my books are going to the moon. It was just elated. I was elated. Um, I was surprised. And it, it was a goal achieved, you know. Right. Whether you sell enough to make money off it or not, somebody accepted you outside of knowing you. Yeah, Yeah. I do get royalties. They're not enough to live on, that's for sure, which is why I still work. But um, they're very helpful, and uh, I like it. I'm sure you do. Um, So you mentioned your books went to the moon? Absolutely. There's a thing called the Lunar Codex that my friend Samuel Peralta organized, he is a physicist, entrepreneur, and author in Toronto. Mm-hmm. So he started this Lunar Codex. And here's the thing. There's now over 30,000 creative people involved in it who are going mm-hmm. to be on it. Writers, um, artists, musicians, all kind of creative folks. And 161 countries are represented now. Wow. It's gotten so huge. So I brought this dime that people can't see. 
But all of the books and music, etc., they're going to be on nanofiche, which are so much smaller than microfiche. This is the size of one of them, a right. dime. And if you put three dimes together, I asked him how many fit mm-hmm. on each dime, on each nanofiche, and he said that if you put three of them on a table and look, that represents three stories worth of books. Wow. Wow. And they last 10,000 years or more. That's cool. And Pretty so, nifty. Yeah, and one of your your whole series is on that? No, um, my first, I'm in a mystery anthology. Mm-hmm. And that's on there. And then my um, first six books together, e-books, are on. And then my first book, Who Killed My Boss. Right. So that's that's what's on. So are you, okay, so you're working on one right now. Um, is Sam Darling still in Quincy, or has she moved away? No, they're still in Quincy, and she's she's married now, and... They're okay. pretty happy living on Main Street in a mansion. Could they? Could the books be read independently of each other, or do you have to read them in order? I hope they can be read independently. <laughs> well, you wrote them. I, so <laughs> no. were they, when you wrote them, were they planned to be read? They're planned in, okay. to be read uh, as a group and independently, because sometimes somebody will just pick one up at a flea market or something right, right. and start. So I try to repeat some ideas and, and some facts without overdosing people. Okay. Um, where can they find your books? Well, they're on Amazon, and also you can get them at the library. Speaking okay. of the library sponsoring yeah. this. And thanks for coming in. You are so welcome. All right, that's Jerry Dufresne, and again, it's the Sam Darling series, and she has other stuff out there, and you can find out more about Jerry by going to her website, and Dufresne is spelled D-U-F-R-E-S-N-E. That's perfect, right? And it's Geraldine Dufresne, J-E-R-I-L-Y-N. Gosh, you've got a great memory. Well, I'm a kincher <laughs> if you had to learn how to spell names. So, uh, This has been the Book Nook, sponsored by the Quincy Library, and it is quincylibrary.org. And Jerry, again, thanks for coming in. Muddy River News. Our home. Our news.